The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this special episode of the Heat Check, it's a bonus episode, folks. As many of you know, I have a betting show called BetMGM The Night, which runs 7 to 11 Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday on major radio stations around the country. And since I know a lot of the folks that listen to the Heat Check also like the sports bet, I thought I'd put together some of my favorite segments from the Betting the NBA draft that we did on the show to give you a primer on what to do this Thursday night. I am joined on this special betting podcast by my partner in crime and co-host Ryan Horvath. So let's go, Nick. Drop that beat that should be Rihanna. We're going to talk about this all night long, pretty much all week long until we get to Thursday. It's obviously the main event of our week. What will be your favorite draft bet right now or your favorite look or something that, you know, you're considering maybe playing yourself? Let me look here because it was it was in a uh it was on a different app, and so I need to look at it. Give me just one no, second because I did not mine. realize. Yeah, tell me yours. So uh, Cam Whitmore, plus 400 to go exactly pick number five to the Detroit Pistons. You know, we talked about this, my reasoning obviously being I think they have their backcourt of the future. I like Jaden Ivey a lot. I, I you know, obviously uh, like Cade when he's healthy. So I think that they need a wing, and I think that that's going to be the best available option there at pick five. That was plus 400. Now it's like plus 125. I still want to play it at that price. I think that's my favorite and my biggest bet of the draft. It was Brandon Miller going number two overall uh, when those reports came out, but then the same reporter walked it back. I just think the ceiling is way too high to pass on Scoot. So I just hedged today with a minus 172. Now there's minus 220s out there for Scoot to go second overall. I just think, man, this is Michael Jordan's last pick. Then he's going to sail off into the sunset. I think there's going to be a lot of smart people telling him what to do with this pick. Yeah. And I just don't think you could go Brandon Miller number two. I just don't think it happens. So I went Brandon Miller number three overall, minus 145. My concern is Thompson's going to go three and Brandon Miller's going to drop to four. But yeah. I don't know because you have a wing defender, one of the best defenders in this draft that could shoot the three. And I just don't know how you pass on a guy like that. So those are my favorites right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about what Oh, I you know what I really like? First to be first to be drafted, Cason uh, Wallace or Kobe Bufkin. Yeah. You can get Cason Wallace head-to-head plus 155. I think the value on that is insane. Kobe Bufkin's mocked in, like, the teens yeah. to, like, late teens. Cason Wallace could go as, as low or as high, whatever you want to call it, as, like, nine. He could go to Utah. That would be a place that he's being mocked. I really like that. Uh, you could also get, let's see, Jet Howard versus Leonard Miller. Like that. Uh, I kind of like Leonard Miller at plus 110 as well. But I think my first, my my best pick that I really like, and I'm trying to figure out where it is because it's off the board now, would be you can get Nick Smith, and I got this from uh, Terrell Furman, to be a top 10 pick. At forty to one, you think he goes top ten, Nick Smith? I don't think so, but I think forty to one is an insane price. I could see him going to Washington. To maybe. Washington, yes, they need pure a score. They yeah. make bad decisions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like if you're thinking about what's great value, forty to one for Nick Smith is incredible. And then there's another one that I just saw as well that was to be drafted in the top ten. I mean, the top five, excuse me. You can maybe get Jarris Walker at plus 210 like to be that. in the top five as well. 
But we'll have to go over it all. These oh, yeah. things are moving all over the board. There's stuff that I was seeing today that's now gone, which has sort of made things interesting. Oh, I also like Case and Wallace a lot, under 12.5 at minus 135. I like the price on that. Yeah. So my favorite bet was, and I don't think I could give it out, but actually I wanted to ask you about this. So Kobe Bufkin was under 16.5, and, and I did lay a little juice there. Now it's dropped to 14.5. What do you think about that, though? I mean... I'm just looking at it. He's six foot five. He could obviously shoot. And then I was looking number twelve overall to OKC. I think that would be a really good fit. Would you go under fourteen and a half, or do you think I should just leave it? I got under sixteen and a half. Just leave it at that because I keep hearing his name thrown out there, and I want to play a little bit more. I wish I would have bet more when it was under sixteen and a half. Now it's fourteen and a half. I didn't expect some of these to drop immediately. Yeah. Also, they're not on the board everywhere, so I'm looking like offshore, of course. King it Sports really is one MGM. of those. It is yeah. really one of those things where you think to yourself, like, oh my goodness. I have to go, and you have to shop around a ton. Yeah. yeah. I love, I like Kobe Bufkin 12 to OKC. Yeah. I like that a lot. So you play uh, I, under 14 and a half still? I don't think he gets, I don't think he gets past New Orleans. Okay. I don't think he gets past New Orleans. Okay, so 14 and a half would still be a good bet. Yeah. Because they got pick 14. I don't know what Atlanta does. They're probably going to have to go with somebody like Clowney. I don't know what Utah is going to do. Some people have him, have Grady Dick mocked all the way to 15 to, to Atlanta, which I think is Fascinating. Do you think he's the best shooter in this draft, Grady Dick? Because I... I think, here's the thing. He's the best spot-up shooter in this draft. He yeah. can rebound really well, and he can slash really well. I think the best movement shooter in this draft is Jordan Hawkins. Okay, so yeah, that's where I'm going. And I wanted to know where you, th where you thought like he would be a good fit, because I've seen him mocked at 26 to Indiana. I've seen him mocked higher than that. But oh, I, wanted I think to do he could go lower him. than that. 15 and a half is his draft position. It's plus money to the under. If I'm Atlanta, I, I go ahead and take Jordan Hawkins. See, that's the thing. That like, shooters go so early in this yep, draft. So do. if I'm looking for value, that's what I want. I, yeah, I and you can shooters. get under 15 and a half is plus 115. Over 15 and a half is minus 150 for Jordan Hawkins. The only problem is and he could create his shot a little bit, but he doesn't play any defense. And that would be my only concern. Yeah. Like, I like the 3 and D guys a little bit more. Yeah, I would go him over Grady Dick though. I think he has the I think he has the higher ceiling. I mean, what would you do about uh, Bilal Koulibaly? Because his number is eleven and a half. Yeah, that just sounds about right. It that does, seems, that seems it? like one that screws me if I play it. Like he goes a lot higher than I expect. What would you do there? It, it all depends on price too, and what information we get here in the next couple days. It's one fifteen both ways. Yeah, no, and I'm it's good. about right. I'm, yeah, exactly. it's about right. Exactly. I'm just gonna pass on that one for uh, right now. Any chance? Man, so you don't think that Portland likes Brandon Miller? That's the one that scares me now is number three overall. And do you think that there's any chance that they move that pick? Because I could see Thompson. And the other thing that scares to. me, what if Whitmore goes right there? What if Cam goes number three to Portland? Any chance that that would be a thing? Because I really need yeah, him to go five. It's, it's a thing. I think it's a possibility. Here's the reason I think so. You don't work a guy out when you have the third overall pick if you're not at least thinking about it. Right. And I like his skill set. I like him for Portland as a fit. And I like him. I actually like him for Portland more than I like Brandon Miller because you know how I feel about Brandon Miller. I think Cam Whitmore's upside. Well, no. I think Cam Whitmore's floor is higher than Brandon Miller's floor. I feel like I might like Brandon Miller and Dame together if Dame does want to stay. And I think Dame's staying at least the first half of the season, like you said. He's a good movement shooter. Yeah. He's a good three-point shooter. If he's open, he's making it. Brandon Miller, that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he plays defense. He plays okay defense. He plays enough defense. He can't. And I think he's a willing. He'll be a better. He, I think he could become a better he defender. He's stuffed at the rim. So what was your biggest takeaway from either guest? Because I completely agree with John about Derek Lively being yeah. the best big outside of, obviously, the first overall pick, Victor Webanyama. And I'm going to try to find a market to cash in on that. So I completely agree. Yeah, Derek Lively plus 225 to go top 10. I actually really like that yeah. quite a bit. I also think it's interesting the point that he made about Grady Dick and how shooters are... Sorry. Oh, no. I did not want to distract you. You did, though. The Mets. 5-0. Right wow. Yeah. Anyway, wow. uh, yeah, there's zero. The, the the Astros have zero hits. They did this to me last time when Scherzer was wow. on the mound, and I and I uh, actually backed him. So he might be all right, though. All right, so yeah, the bullpen. On. We just got to wait for the bullpen. It's, it's, it's draft in. week anyway. Baseball, Who baseball. Cares? Yeah, yeah, it's all about the NBA draft this Who week. Cares? It's all about the draft. Yeah. Uh, I thought what was interesting was his point of view on Grady Dick. We've known, and I we had this conversation with him early on in the season, along with I had this conversation with some people who were scouts and people who worked in front office for the NBA, different teams during the Phil Knight Invitational in Portland when we saw Grady Dick, who was there. And it was like, 
Grady Dick doesn't have any playmakers around him right now. He looks as bad as he will ever look. Uh, his NBA stock will be much higher than his college stock. He's one of the best shooters in the draft. I think probably the number one best shooter in the draft. He can be a movement shooter. He can slash. He can put the ball on the floor, and he can rebound. He's not a great defender. So I think what was interesting was that, you know, Jeff Goodman had to say, listen, I think Grady Dick actually is going to rise when it all comes down to it, even though these teams are lying, saying he's going to go 11, 12, 13, because they prioritize shooting. And a lot of the guys in the top end of the draft can't shoot. Literally, like, Victor Wamiyama can shoot okay, not great. Scoot, no, not really, even though I told you he shoots 40% when guys go under screens. Amen, Amen, Asar can't shoot. Cam Whitmore can kind of shoot. Who would be six? I don't even know. Jer- Jarris uh, Walker can't Walker, really shoot. Yeah. Anthony Black can't shoot. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys who are not shooters, and then Grady Dick sitting in the middle of it as a 40% three-point shooter. What are your thoughts on Taylor Hendricks, though? Because he can shoot. I mean, you know, obviously more of a forward because he's six foot nine. Sorry, there's a fly that just will not leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> I like him. I don't feel like I know enough about him, but I yeah. do think he's definitely a top 10 pick, too. Where does he go? Like, I think... I think maybe to Indiana. Do you think he goes before Grady Dick? I you do. Know? Okay, because, yeah, in most mocks. Yeah, I do, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I think do. so. I really I think want, he could go seven. The more I think about it, I really want Grady Dick in Orlando because I think that's exactly yes. what they need. Like, he shot 40% from three. Could he go sixth? Grady Dick? Yeah, to Orlando. I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked because, like you said, he's probably the best three-point shooter. Let's just say he's the best three-point shooter in this draft. He shoots 40% from three. High basketball IQ. What I really like to Kansas is, like, off misses, he would look to push the ball up-tempo. That's yeah. why I think he'd be a great fit with Orlando. And I want to say they were, like, 25th in three-point shooting, so that's exactly what they need. The only thing I disagree, you know, with on um, is like I'm not there with Jalen Suggs, and I loved Jalen Suggs. Or Mark Fultz or Cole Anthony. Yeah, I don't know about all like any of those guys to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you, but I do like Grady Dick as a shooter. And as long as you're not like, I mean, I wouldn't want him to be like you know like the centerpiece of my team. You can't build around Grady Dick, but I think he'd be like a great three or four. The Ringer has has uh, the Magic taking Anthony Black at six, fam. See, I, that's that is where the they... last thing that they need is another dude that can't shoot the ball though. But he can play make. He's yeah. a better playmaker than Fultz, Cole Anthony, Suggs? Jalen Suggs, probably. But do we know? Like, Suggs is never healthy. He's I don't never know. on the floor. Um, God, man. Like, 6 to 10 are very tough. I'm very curious to see also what the Mavericks do at 10. I think that there's some some noise around Taylor Hendricks going to the Mavs. Yeah. But they need somebody who can play defense as well. Like, I don't know. They Is Taylor Hendricks a 3 and D wing? I would really actually, to be honest with you, I think the Mavs, like, they need a big. They do. And, like, if Derek Lively's getting in the top 10, I don't know that he goes to Utah, although maybe, I don't know. I, no, I, think I don't it would think be, so. I think it would be Dallas. I mean, it's just so hard to predict because I know it was at Duke, but he only averaged five points, five boards. He did average, you know, almost three blocks per game, and he only played 20 minutes. But what are the Mavs going to look like next year? Is Kyrie going to be on the Mavs? Is he going to be in Dallas? <sighs> You know? It appears. It appears that he will. I, he wants to be back. I'm curious also, they've got Derek Lively going 11 to the Magic. I wouldn't like that either. Me neither. They need shooting. I think Orlando has to go with the shooter in this draft. I mean, but the thing is, are you going to go... Because let's say Grady Dick's off the board, right? Yep. Would you go with a guy like Jordan? Ah, man, that's way too Doesn't early. Doesn't Grady Dick feel so. very much like a Utah Jazz? Yeah. He just feels like... Dude. Yeah, and he can <laughs> I mean, shoot. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think Kobe Bufkin's going to go a lot earlier than most people expect. I really do. What about Jed Howard? Like, there's another Michigan getting dude mocked that no- to go to the Lakers. He's huge. Yeah. He's six eight, six nine. Uh, he he certainly has a really high upside. If the Lakers or the Warriors were to get him, I feel like he could be developing into something really good. But we're going to have to see, man. We're going to and same thing with Bryce Sensabaugh. It's the same kind of a deal where I really just don't know where he's going to go either. He's obviously a first round talent, but. Is he back half, like, completely late? Yeah. This draft, like, once we get outside, I mean, really, to be honest, I mean, I don't even know who's Outside going of, like, two. 16? Outside yeah. of 16, like, after 16, it's all hell breaks loose. I'm looking at a couple, like, offshore just to see, like, the difference between, like, what BetMGM has and some of these other books have. So Grady Dick over pick 10.5 is minus 250. Under 10.5 is plus 181. That's why I asked him if he, if I thought he could go, if we, he thought he would go top 10. Yeah, that's a good way to think. I mean, this, this is where I want to. This is where I'm hoping to get my information from. What about Taylor Hendricks? Over eight and a half is even money. 
under eight and a half minus one thirty two. Really quick, Anthony Black over eight and a half plus one ninety two. Under eight and a half is minus two forty four. See, there's just not a whole lot that I really want to play right now. I love no. the Cam Whitmore going fifth overall exact because now under five and a half, you're laying like minus three hundred, minus three thirty in some spots. Uh, Case and Wallace over pick twelve and a half is plus money plus one eleven. Under twelve and a half is minus one forty one. You think he goes before twelve? I think he's like a top. He might be a top ten pick in this draft. Yeah, I think I saw somebody mocked him to 16 to Utah, but I don't think he gets that far. I think he'd go 9 to Utah. Yeah, I saw a mock to And I think Bilal well. Koulibaly could go 16. If they want if you cuz what I'm looking at is this Ringer mock right now, yeah. and they've got Bilal Koulibaly going to Utah at 9, and then they've got Case and Wallace uh going to at 16 to Utah. I think it's going to be the opposite, honestly. I think if Utah can get Case and Wallace, they're not going to let him fall. I think there's going to be a lot more a lot more interest in Case and Wallace than Bilal Koulibaly because people were just not watching Met 92 games in right. France. They just, right. I think he's going to go way more under the radar than Case and Wallace, who played for Kentucky, would. Uh, I agree. You what know, you, the Kentucky narrative. What do you think the Rockets are going to do? Like, what do they need? You have Kevin Porter Jr., you have Jabari Smith, and you have Jalen Green, so they need a guard. They need some shooting, though. And you have Udoka, obviously, year one. So James Harden, that's not happening, right? I think James Harden goes back to Philadelphia. I do, too. Yeah. And that's what all the news is saying more And that's best-case scenario because, like, they need to rebuild. They have a coach for the first time in forever. you got a bunch of young dudes. I just wouldn't love that culture with Harden going back. But uh, So do you think they go Thompson probably most likely? Yeah, and like the question, safe, yeah. yeah, to be safe. Yeah. And I think you put him as the point guard. He's a shot creator. He's a combo guard. He's got really great passing ability. He's very athletic. He obviously can't shoot, but listen, like Jalen Green can shoot. KJ Martin can shoot. You've got, you know, a bunch of other guys who can, you know, you got Jabari Smith. You need a guy who's really sharing the ball. Yeah. You've got a lot of players who can put the ball in the cup. You don't have a, a, a like an unselfish player. I, you know, I wonder whether they would even think about maybe going Asar because Asar is an even better playmaker um, than Amon. So, yeah, but I do think they take. The t- I, I do think the safest pick for them is Eamon Thompson. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think that Nick Smith... What's that number? Um, I can't find the number now. Like, off the board, pretty much. Let me see. It's Oh, never mind. Uh, over 5.5 is what I got. Minus 357. Under 5.5 is plus 237. For Eamon? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, for Osser. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I don't have anything for Eamon right now. Nothing that I could find. At yeah, least. over five and a half for a, uh, Asar Thompson minus three forty. I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm no, not no. doing that. I'm good on all that. Yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel confident enough laying a big number with anybody in this draft, unless anybody wants to let me borrow fifty G's on Webinyama and I'll pay him back on uh, Friday. I don't I don't feel comfortable laying a big number because I think anything could happen. Because also, do you think we're going to get any trades? You think any big names are going to get moved on Thursday night, or do you think that all comes after? I think it comes after. I do. Do you think Pelicans look to maybe get up to three, maybe get up to two and trade Zion? I don't think that happens. I saw that Portland preferred Zion over Brandon Ingram, which I don't know why that would be. Um, I guess you could say that he would be electric when he's healthy, but he's just never healthy. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. And, and, like, here's the thing. I I keep saying I don't think he's going to get moved, but the only thing is he has no relationship with the organization, no, no relationship, relationship with, with any of his teammates. Right. Yeah. You, like, you listen to some of these interviews – I don't know, man. Maybe they do end up moving him. I don't think it happens on draft night. Maybe if they get off to a slow start or something like that. I think he's back in New Orleans, and I think that they actually uh, live up to the expectations if they stay healthy. I would rather have Brandon Ingram than Zion. I know he's 22 years old, but like you said, he's never healthy. Problem is Ingram's never really healthy either, though. But we've at least seen him perform on the big stage in the playoffs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, 
interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Time for a little yay or nay. You're going to help me out here because I've been doing nothing but watching spring football for literally the last three and a half weeks. I need some help with my NBA draft bets. So I'm going to throw a couple guys at you with their draft position. And you're going to tell me if you would go over, if you would go under. And then you could just like give me your thoughts on some of these guys too. Because let's be honest, some people listening tonight probably have no idea who the hell any of these guys are. Yeah. Let's start with Anthony Black. His draft position right now, over eight and a half is plus 220. Under eight and a half is minus 300. What would you do here? Now, like, throw out the prices, too, obviously. Throw the prices out completely. I mean, you really can't, though, because the market's pretty much telling you what they think is going to happen, and it's most likely going to happen, especially when we get closer to the draft 48 hours away. I think he won't get to – I do not think he'll get to Washington. Like, if Washington is there uh, and he is there, I think they take him. You think they would take Anthony Black? They are a wild card. If Washington doesn't take him, then, you know, like, he could slide to 12. But, yeah, I, I think Anthony Black goes to the Wizards. That's what I think happens. So, Or, and I know we love Keith. We do. And Keith's very plugged in. The one thing that I disagree with Keith, because I just have eyes, and I don't really care what Orlando says, is that they don't have good point guards. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't. If maybe they want Anthony Black at six, I wouldn't think that that was some sort of shocking development. I know they need shooting, and Anthony Black is not that. But, listen, man. Anthony Black would really help them with playmaking and defense. All right, I'm going to be selfish, all right? We know where the Thompson twins are going, right? Yeah, we know Eamon is going to the Rockets, and probably Osser is the biggest wild card. Osser actually impacts Anthony Black quite a bit because if Osser's there when Washington is drafting, which a lot of people think that maybe he won't be because potentially Orlando will take him at six, then they will take, uh, that Washington would take Oscar Thompson at eight. What is his number? His number so is... So that's why I didn't even... Bring, is over five and a half is minus yeah. 340. Yeah, under that's... five and a half is plus 240. Yeah. So he's going over five and a half, I would assume. All right, now the one that... Uh, I know. The, the one that's going to break my heart tomorrow. I have Cam Whitmore going exactly to the Detroit Pistons. Pick five. I was so excited. It was plus 400. Last week it was like minus 200, I want to say, at one time. Yeah, just two um, days ago it was minus 200 the other way. I look at his draft position right now. Over five and a half is minus two hundred. Under five and a half, which obviously I would need for him to land at five to Detroit plus one fifty five. I just thought like you have a wing, you already have your backcourt of the future in Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham, but um, it looks like I'm screwed, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of people who say that uh, the Detroit Pistons are going to take maybe a Jarris Walker. Why? Um, you know, I think that they need another power forward alongside of uh, Jalen Duran. They feel like he can do a little bit of everything. That's the main thing. Jarris Walker, as we know, went to Houston. Uh, he was really versatile for them, but was sort of underused. So Detroit maybe wants to add some additional defense. He also can playmake a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, the Detroit Free Press thinks that Jarris Walker would be you know, a really good look. He averaged 11 points, six, seven rebounds, and two assists with Houston. He's six foot eight. He's got a pretty good wingspan. He's probably the best defensive prospect in the draft, and he can shoot a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think that's why they like him. Is that the right fit? I don't know. I thought Jairus Walker would probably go to Indiana because it feels like he's an Indiana player. Yeah. But man, oh man, would that shake things up. If Detroit drafts him at five, that would really shake. I mean, you could see Cam Whitmore fall to like 12 then. So I thought that I had two locks. I thought I had Kobe Bufkin, a really good number, under 14 and a half. That's all the way down now to 12 and a half. We'll get to that in a second. And then I thought Cam Whitmore going fifth overall to the Pistons was a lock. And then I saw Yahoo had this. There are rumblings that Whitmore is slipping on draft boards, but he looked incredible in a pre-draft workout with Carmelo Anthony in New York late last week. So that's my hope. Then maybe Carmelo saves me here. Maybe it's just a smoke screen. Yeah, I mean, it is lying season, right? It is lying season. All right, so let's go to um, Case and Wallace then. Over 12.5 is minus 180. Under 12.5, plus 145. What would you do there? Because that's a market you could actually bet. Minus 180 to the over, 
under 12 and a half plus 145. I think that's a stay away for me. The Case and Wallace range is massive. Oh, also, Woj just said Detroit is maybe looking to trade out of this pick for uh, the when we were talking about Cam Whitmore. So yeah. maybe that's why they don't think that that's what's going to happen. I just need him to go fifth overall. It doesn't have to be to Detroit. Yeah. So as long Wo- as it's just number five exactly. But I don't have the draft position, so like five and a half doesn't matter. I need yeah. him to go exactly five. And you need him to go to the Pistons? No, no, no just fifth just overall. Just fifth overall. Yeah, just the fifth overall selection plus 400. Not to Detroit. That doesn't matter. So if they trade out and somebody still takes them fifth, well, money. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think that's no. a loss, and that sucks. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah, Kaysen Wallace's range is massive. I've seen him mocked in the top ten. I've seen him mocked in the late teens. So at 12-and-a-half, that is an absolute stay away from me. I look at the teams who might want to take him, and you know maybe that's Washington. There's a lot of guards that Washington Washington could end up going out and getting, right? Um, but I think if I had to do anything, I would go over. Yeah, because I feel like with Washington, like they need a scoring guard. They do, right? Like they need, they need somebody that could score the basketball. What I like about Wallace is he's probably the best on-ball defender. He could guard point guards. He could guard two guards in this draft. He can score too. But I just, yeah, any. I mean, he's big enough, six four, one hundred eighty-five pounds. He's been mocked fifteenth. What is this number right now? Twelve and a half. Yeah, I'd probably go over, but I don't want to lay minus 180. I'm good on that. All right, Grady Dick over 10.5 is minus 300. Under 10.5 is plus 220. I like the under 10. Yeah, I like that under 10.5. What do you think would be the best fit for him? I know we, like, joked about Utah. I, I... Orlando needs shooters. Orlando would... he shoots 40% from three-point range. I'd kill for that for them. Orlando would be an incredible fit. Uh, Utah at 9 would be a really good fit. Even, Even the Mavs at 10... I know that they're looking at Taylor Hendricks or maybe Derek Lively. Taylor Hendricks, as we know, is the uh, UCF kid. He's 6'8", um, with 7 feet 1 wingspan, and is like very versatile forward. But if you want some additional shooting, which is what kind of Luka needs to space the floor, then maybe they bring in a Grady Dick. And we've talked to a lot of people who think that Grady Dick could be a top-10 talent. So, And I think he's valuable. It's all about whether these teams value shooting more than the versatility at the wing position without shooting. Yeah, and that's why I think, like, shooters, and I'm with you, I would go probably, and especially just because it's of the price. It's a great price. I would go under 10.5 plus 220 on Grady Dick as well. What would you do with Jordan Hawkins? Because the same thing, probably one of the better pure shooters in this draft. Six foot five, 195 pounds. We just saw him win a national title with Connecticut. Uh, I've seen him mock 17 to the Lakers. I've seen him go before that. His draft position... Over 15.5, minus 135. Under 15.5, plus 105. I would probably lean on over, but I don't want to bet that just because, again, he's one of the better knockdown shooters in this draft. Yeah, I think he goes over. I think he either goes to a team like the Lakers, uh, the te- a team like the Heat. The he could use some shooting. I mean, I know that. You Golden know. State, yeah, because maybe they don't bring back uh, Max Struess. Maybe you say to yourself, I want like a cheaper version of that. I think the Warriors could use him as well. I know that uh, they've drafted 19. The Nets could use them at 21. I think I like the over. I think this is my first definitive over, minus 135. I like it. It's uh, a yay. Will you let me borrow $1,200? Because I really want to bet this one. I want to go Keontae George over, pick 13.5, minus 310 is the price now all of a sudden, though. Under 13.5 is plus 230. I don't think he goes before 13. Do you? No, I don't. I think the place that's the best fit for him, and this is why they're mocking it at 13, or that's why Vegas is setting the line at 13 and a half. I think he goes 14 to New Orleans. I think that's a, an interesting place for him to continue to develop with C.J. McCollum. They want a guard. That's why they want to. That's why New Orleans wants to move into the top three is to try to get a scoot. If you can't get scoot, then maybe you stay at 14 and you get a Keontae George from Baylor. All right, here's probably my only lock now of the draft. I had Kobe Bufkin under 14 and a half. It's at 12 and a half. What would you do here now with the current draft position? Over 12 and a half is plus 135. Under 12 and a half is minus 165. We've seen him mocked exactly at 12 to Oklahoma City, and I think that would be a really good fit. That's what scares me yes. a little bit here. Like I could see him going 13 to Toronto, though, if he slips. What would you do here? I think that number is a perfect number. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a stay away. What I would do, actually, instead of that, is maybe take a a little bit of a shot and try to take him to be drafted into the top 10 at plus 200. I like Leonard Miller 
under 21 and a half. It's only minus 150. Over 21 and a half is plus money, but it's only plus 120. I've seen him mock to Miami. It's another G League Ignite guy. Averaged 22 points and 13 boards in the G League. But what do you think? Who did we have last year where there were two back-to-back picks from a team and they took they took the wrong player first and it screwed your NBA draft? I forget who it was, but that's a situation that we're looking at right now. No, Shaden Sharp got me last year. Was it Shaden Sharp? Yeah. yeah so Shaden Sharp got you. I thought that there was maybe a team with two picks back to back. That may have been. That was the big one that that cost me a. It turned a good night into a, what could have been the best night of my life. So the Nets uh, have the twenty first and twenty second pick, and what I'm seeing on mocks is that Jordan Hawkins could go twenty one and Leonard Miller could go twenty two, and that would really screw your bet up. Or Leonard Miller could go in 21 and Jordan Hawkins could go 22. It just kind of depends on what the Nets decide. Yeah. But they've got complete control. I would stay all the way. That's a nay for me. I feel like this is the toughest draft I've ever bet in my life. Yeah, it's very hard. I really feel like last year we had a pretty good idea. And, I mean, we were getting great value. I mean, because, like, you know, Bancaro was, what, like ten to, like 100 to 1 or something ridiculous yeah. like that? Um, Taylor Hendricks, over 8.5 is minus 130. Under eight and a half is plus one hundred. Where do you think he goes? Did what I put you do this here? down on my? I think. Yep. I think I said stay away from Taylor Hendricks. The range is just too massive. I'm seeing him as early as seven. I am seeing him as late as like seventeen. So that is a no for me. I hate that. Anything else that you like? I'm looking right now. There's to be drafted top five. To be drafted top ten. There's first round picks. Uh, that are in here as well. Is there anything else? Or is there any other like player that nobody's talking about that you're really excited for and you want to see go a little bit earlier? Yeah, I think there's a couple. I think I'm really interested, more interested than anything else, Noah Clowney. Nobody's really talking about Noah Clowney at all. He was really good. Uh, I mean, I think he's probably a good fit for a team like the Pelicans. His range is like anywhere from 14 to 30. That's a massive range. Yeah. You're talking about lottery to almost the second round. I'm interested to see him. I'm really interested to see uh, whether Jet Howard ends up going earlier than people think. Jet Howard, 6'8 kid out of Michigan, really explosive, bouncy, can do a bunch of different things, versatile, very long, got injured. I think it was a knee injury and messed around with his production for most of the year after that, and that's when Kobe Bufkin sort of started to shine, who's obviously one of the darlings of of this draft. I'm very curious. I'm going to ask... Uh, some of our insiders tonight about how high his ceiling is because I think he could be one of the steals of the draft if he ends up being completely healthy. Uh, and then I'm really interested to see what what happens with uh, with Jairus Walker. I know people are talking about him. The number six and a half. And again, we talked about how much him going to the fifth pick yeah. would really screw up uh, the rest of the draft. Hood Shafino, I don't think, is being talked about a ton. Or he was maybe two, three weeks ago, and now he's not. If you like him, and I think these are like flyers, right? I don't think these right. are things are going to happen. But if you wanted to take Huchifino to go into the top 10, that's 12 to 1. What do you think about it? I know the price sucks. Derek Lively to go top 10, though, is minus 120. I mean, we talked with Jeff Goodman last night. Check out the podcast, Bet MGM tonight. And I asked him, who's the best big outside of Webinyama in this draft? And he said Derek Lively. I feel like everybody said the same thing. He has a 7-7 wingspan. He's a rim protector. And the three-point shot during his pro day actually looked all right. He's only 215 pounds, but you could put muscle on him. I mean, look at Chet. Do you think he goes top 10, preferably to the Dallas Mavericks? And we get that one in there, minus 120, because I kind of want to bet this. Here's the thing. What happens if the Mavericks trade that pick? Okay. Who else would need a big? Yeah, who else would need a big? And the the mock that would happen right after is Orlando Magic, and they might take him. That number's pretty perfect. Ten and a half is that the number or eleven? Uh, just to be a top ten pick, but they took his draft position down. That's why I was just looking at to go top ten right now. Oh, he's minus one twenty. Yeah, Anthony Black's minus three thousand to be top ten. Taylor Hendricks is now minus you know two thousand. I think like that's the only value. Kobe Bufkin's plus two hundred. Do you think he could go top ten? Yeah, I do. I really do. I put that down uh, on my list of like I really like the price. Top 10, again, you're talking about the Washington Wizards, and we're just really not sure what they're going to do in terms of the guard position. What number did you – you said this before the show. Nick Smith, you said 40-1 to last night? He was 40-1 to last night. He's now 20-1 to right now. Wow. That's a fascinating number as well. Yeah, my favorite district, Washington, D.C., home of the Wizards. 
home of the Soon DC to be home Mystics. Of Anthony Black, and if that doesn't sell tickets, see, like, what do the Wizards do for anybody to care? Because when I moved here, I was all excited because they actually made the playoffs, and I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan, even though they had a losing record. And I got here, I was like, okay, I could watch some playoff basketball. Maybe I'll meet some friends at the bar, some Wizards fans. And uh, I got here, and they had, like, Tucker Carlson and, like, CNN on. And I was like, hey, do you guys mind turning the uh, Wizards game on? And they were like, oh, they play tonight? And I said, yeah, it's the playoffs. What do they need to do to spark some interest? Besides, like, win 50 games, because that's not going to be a thing. Yeah, I mean, even if they do win 50 games with just, like, Bradley Beal and some randoms, I don't think that's good enough. I think you have to build organically. I think if I'm the Wizards, maybe I look at... You know, somebody, you know, the next, like, a Josh Giddy, And I think that's Anthony Black. I think Anthony Black's really interesting. I think Oscar Thompson yeah. is really interesting, too. He can do a lot. He's going to be a playmaking guard, kind of like a wing guard. He can do a bunch of different things. He's very versatile. He can't shoot a lick. Uh, and if you say they need a, if they, if you say they need a scoring guard, then maybe they reach for a player like Nick Smith, who's very, very talented, extremely high upside, fell considerably from the time he graduated high school to the time uh, that we're sitting here right now. So maybe something like that. I don't know. It's going to be a tough slog. It's going to be a multi-year process. Yeah, what sucks for them is obviously they don't have a lottery pick. So let's look at some of these guys. Let's look at um, the draft trifecta, and let's try to figure out what could actually happen here. Oh, I like that. So we got, we know who's going number one overall, right? Yep. So it would be Wembyama, Wembenyama, mm-hmm. uh, Scoot, and Brandon Miller to go 1-2-3 and three was the heavy chalk at minus 185. So San Antonio, Charlotte, and Portland obviously with the top three picks in the draft. What do you think about that one? Scoot number two, Brandon Miller number three. That's the chalk right now, minus 185. No, I don't like that. I think I like Brandon Miller two, Scoot three, and then you're getting plus money. So that's plus 170. I like that more. Yeah, so you would go with That's Vic, what I would do. Brandon Miller and Scoot plus 170. Because you're basically getting Brandon Miller to go two at plus 170 because that's what the number really is then so i wonder if maybe that's the way that's how you that i get back, back in here yeah that's how you edge back how that's... sure are you about brandon miller going to i mean i'm not that sure like what are the latest reports like what am i missing here where all of a sudden jonathan gavoni said i played it for you had a conversation with some other show and said listen they brought in brandon miller and scoot just to try to make sure that they weren't making the wrong decision by drafting Brandon Miller. Like I said, it's smoke and mirrors, but I don't know which way the smoke is going and the mirrors are going. But I do like that plus 170 because you're getting Brandon Miller at number two overall, which is now plus 115, but you're basically getting him at plus 170 because the other two are locks. Right, right. And there's no reason to even talk about the others because I don't think Amen Thompson sneaking into... No. Well, although weren't we talking about this a couple nights ago, though? Like, maybe Brandon Miller falling outside of the top three. If he were to fall outside of the top three, though, who else would go before him? Would it be Thompson? Because that's 18-1. It would, it would have to be, but I just... I don't But that don't would be, yeah, that there. would be plus 1,400 for him to go third. I just don't. I just don't see those odds indicating that that would be a, a, a reality. Even a Cam Whitmore, which I, I joked around about because Portland worked him out, that's 18-1. to one. I don't know, man. I, it really does feel like it's Brandon and Scoot as either 2-3 three or 2-3 three, or the other way. Let's go, Scoot. Let's go, Charlotte. Do the right thing. Do the right thing, Charlotte. I just feel like with, I mean, so Brandon Miller seems like the safe pick, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, you talk about, think about this. I was watching some footage of Brandon Miller and what he likes to do. He can slash a little bit. He has above-the-rim qualities. He is a pretty good defender. He's a knockdown shooter by, like, spades. Probably, I would say, the best shooter in this draft. You know, you've got Grady Dick, you've got Jordan Hawkins, but nobody's talking about Brandon Miller because he's in the top three. They're, mostly when they talk about the best shooters, they're talking about outside of him. He's a 40% three-point shooter when he's wide open, right? Um, so if you imagine for a second LaMelo Ball playing with Brandon Miller, how many open looks Brandon Miller is going to get and how if he – if he learns to back cut what yeah. LaMelo is going to be able to do, and he's 6'8", that's a really fun combo. You replace a guy in Gordon Hayward who you really got nothing out of, but you now have a big-bodied wing who can play a little defense. He can shoot. He can slash. I don't love his mobility, but who knows? Maybe he develops into like a Paul George, and now you have a LaMelo-Paul George combo. 
What team would you feel better about? Like, let's say, okay, so let's say that Brandon Miller goes two to Charlotte. Portland, you guys get Scoot. Who do you feel? Who do you feel better about? Portland. Because like, you have Dame still. No, because even if we do have to trade Dame, even if Portland does have to trade Dame, you have probably the most athletic backcourt in the NBA now. Tell, find me a more athletic backcourt. I, I'm serious. Find it. It's Shaden Sharp, and it's Scoot Henderson. Yeah. What is that? That's like that's bouncy. That's athletic. Maybe Shaden is a three, but I don't think so. I think he's more of a two. Shaden Sharp is going to be the next like Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady. See, that's get- that's almost like why I feel like with the Blazers, they should almost just think future. Just because it's crazy to think that Dame's going to be 33 years old. I just want to see him have a legit shot to win a championship, and I want to see the Blazers at least like become a fun basketball team again for you. And I think you guys are knocking on that door with some young talent, and it's almost just better to rip the Band-Aid off. Maybe, I mean, I'm just saying that with like personal experience. Like I would rather just yeah. like my team, ever any team, just kind of like blow it up because the rebuild years suck, but basketball hell I feel like sucks much more. Like basketball winning forty does suck. Like being a Raptors fan right now. Like what's you know what I mean? Like winning like 43, 44 games. Being a Bulls fan, it just doesn't really do it for me. I would rather pick in the top four and be able to, you know, at least get my franchise player here in the next couple of years. Where does this? Where does this? Can I draft, ask you a question though? Yeah. About this. So if you look at John Morant, which is basically what people are comparing Scoot Henderson uh, to, right? A lot of Derrick Rose comps. Derrick Rose. Yeah. Derrick Rose, John Morant, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, right? So he's an explosive guard. He's a slasher. So Dame is he thir- can't shoot. Dame's 31. Well, yeah. he can shoot a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, when you go under screens, he can knock knock it down. Well, isn't that what they said, though? Like, But then during the second workout, he didn't shoot as well. Yeah. But yeah, okay, yeah. So, okay, so John in his first year, 18 points per game. John in his second year, 19 points per game. John in his third year, 27 points per game. Fourth year, 27 points per game. Okay, so if Dame is 34, so say Scoot Henderson takes two years to develop into a jaw-like player. Okay. Because he would be the number one consensus overall pick if it wasn't for Vic, right? So say he develops on the same trajectory that John Moran does. He's an all-NBA all-star caliber player within two to three years. Mm -hmm. Dame is now 33, 34. He's already missed one year due to injury, right? So he's been sitting on ice. It's not the age, it's the mileage. He has one year, really he's like 30 because of like NBA time, right? And now you've got Shaden who has three years to develop. You've got Scoot has three years to develop. You have Dame who's 33, 34. What's wrong with Dame getting a ring at 34? What's wrong with that? Nothing at all. Do you think that that's good enough though? Or do you think that they, I mean... See, the, I, I feel like they would need somebody else, and I just worry about them ever bringing in a free agent. Although, I mean, if they're winning and if they build a young core, you yeah, have guys Scoot, probably want to go play and with Dame. Dame. Yeah. Psh, come on. Yeah, you, you could have... get DeAndre Ayton then. Oh my gosh, stop! <laughs> well, what else? Like, what else would they need though? They need a four. That's they. They really do need another defensive wing. Kyle if... Kuzma. I'm kidding. I'm not a defensive wing. When you said the four. Yeah, I mean Kyle Kuzma wouldn't be horrible. I don't. I wouldn't hate that, but I'm a little desperate. Obviously, a player like Mikael Bridges, you're never gonna get. But maybe you wait till free agency. I don't know. Somebody like that. Somebody long. I mean, Jeremy Grant when he plays his best basketball, Jeremy Grant can be absolutely unstoppable. It's oh, just yeah. he's he's six eight. He's long. He's got a very long wingspan. Uh, he averaged what 21 points per game last year. Yeah. So if you have 21 with him and 27 with Scoot and 30 with Dame and 25. Eight and seven with Shaden Sharp, like that's ninety points across four players. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I am confident. I'm rooting for you guys. Trade Anthony Simons, trade Nurkic, get some additional players that are going to be able to help you, and we'll see. And Got we'll it. see. So we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Vic. We're gonna go with Brandon Miller number two, and we're gonna go with Scoot number three plus one seven. I think that's the hedge. So we're staying away from the chalk, which would be Vic, Scoot, and Brandon Miller, yeah. which is minus one eighty five. I think that those two have a shot. No chance on probably Thompson going third overall, I don't eighteen think so, to one. No. Cam Whitmore twenty five to one. Cam Whitmore uh, going third overall after Brandon Miller would be forty five to one. That would crush me. We need yeah. Cam Whitmore right at five. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna hedge though. I'm gonna grab a little bit of that at plus one seventy because I just see. I, I just. I should have not 
Because you're still getting the plus money. Yeah, and I just I can't see Charlotte going with Scoot the more that I think about it. It's going to be Brandon Miller, and I actually like that fit. Like you said, you have LaMelo who could get him the ball. He could shoot the three well enough. He's a he's a good defender, Brandon Miller. Yep. So, and, and that's exactly what they need. They don't play any defense, and they need a wing. They do. All right, there it is. Plus 170. I'm in. If you're interested, David Aldridge wrote a really good piece in The Athletic uh, released today, basically a, a confidential type thing where when he went to Chicago to camp and talked to a lot of executives while the youngsters were showing their wares. Aldridge talked to one Western Conference executive about Brandon Miller. I'll, I'll edit this as I go. If you're just talking talent, he's a 6'9 guard, wing player. He's got all the talent in the world. You can line up his freshman season with Tatum and all those guys. You can line it up just in terms of production and what he did. I know they lost the tournament because of injury or whatever the cause was, but he's got a high-level, put-the-ball-in-his-hands type of guy, and that's what he is. Another executive said, basically, I've heard about the Paul George comps, but you're talking about somebody who can shoot. Maybe not Durant, but he's better than Paul George. Yeah, I can't go that far, but I'm a big Paul George fan. I just, I think this was a college head coach who said that, by the way, who competed against Alabama Mm. and said, "Not KD." He obviously didn't play him in the tournament. But he's better than George. (laughs) When when Brandon Miller went like oh for uh, like seventeen in one game. Yeah, I mean the numbers are great, and like you said, he's six foot nine. I mean, and his body, like he's going to be able to put on muscle. He's two hundred pounds, and he's the kind of guy though, like you could see it, like you could put muscle on him. He averaged nearly nineteen points per game, eight rebounds, two assists, on forty three percent field goal. He averaged fifty. He had fifteen percent from the field against San Diego State in an L as big favorites. He averaged what he had thirty percent from the field. He did have eleven rebounds Mar- in that game. Yeah, he, did. he also had six turnovers though. He had thirty uh, percent from the field against Maryland. He had uh, against. What was it? Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Remember, he didn't score in that he one. He didn't score a single point in that game. Because then I went over on his points in the next game, and he scored 19. But all of those, like, remember, he had a really bad first half, too, against Maryland. All that pretty yes. much came in the second half. Texas A&M in the South Region first round shot 25% from the field. See, I never let that bother me, though, because, like, in college, you're playing within a system. The NBA is a completely different beast. You know what I mean? But like, don't you think Nate Oates is trying to get them as much into the NBA, free-flowing, lots of threes type of a system? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is the system for NATO. It's, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But but again, like, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Scoot. Everything I see is like, you know, you could watch games or you could watch clips, but it's just so much different. Um, like the G League Ignite stuff. It was kind of like when I was watching, it was like when I was watching Luca, and people were like, I don't know if his game translates. I'm like, what doesn't translate? He hit step back threes in people's eyes. And he's playing for championships at like 18, 19 years old. That's going to translate. I don't know. I mean, I can tell you this. Like, if it, it, as a Bulls fan, if my team could have Scoot or Brandon Miller, I would actually rather, I think, have Brandon Miller. As really? As that sounds. Wow. Yeah, I just think he's more of a sure thing. The only thing I would worry about with Scoot is, like, the same thing that I worry about right now with Ja. I mean, when he's actually on the floor, is how, like, what... How many years is he going to be around for? Unless, But like you said, Scoot does have a better jumper. Like Derrick Rose did not have a jump shot. He couldn't hit a free throw at yeah. Memphis, or I would have been pretty much a millionaire, unfortunately. Um, but ja, and, and Ja's jumper has gotten better, but... It's not yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I really would. I think I would rather have a 6'9 combo guard wing that could defend, that shoots 43% and could hit the three. I just think he's... The, He's the safer pick, but I think Scoot has, like, the higher ceiling, if that makes sense. It's kind of like the Zion jaw draft. I mean, going back to that one, like, Zion was the safe pick. All we talked about for three years, and then his freshman year at Duke was Zion. You had to go him number one overall. But I felt like the upside and the ceiling was higher for Ja, especially because, you know, like, one guy is constantly out of shape and is never on the court. Even at Duke, like, he blew out of his sneaker, and we were worried about it then. By the way, uh, Mariah Mills, a legend, had her Twitter got... uh shut down today which is a sad day like i can't believe that that went on for that long it was like day nine and they we finally people, shut her down we had people advocating to take over and have a coup in this country and their twitter wasn't shut down <laughs> exactly. and mariah mills goes crazy on zion for five days we're trying to get the bag and we're trying to get the bag and maybe really release a little a uh, little sexy time tape and all of a sudden her account is just shut down see that's what i didn't get though like why everybody's throwing zion under the bus like well it's off the court stuff all that's happening is he's about to be a new dad and somebody's calling him out like he didn't do anything wrong in my opinion
Now we're talking NBA draft, what really matters. All right, so right now, we're going to look at first overall pick. We're going to look at the top 10. Uh, the big, the draft really begins for me at pick two for everybody. Let's be honest. So right now, Scoot Henderson, minus 155 to go second overall. Brandon Miller, plus 115. No chance it's anybody but one of those two, right? Yeah, no. Obviously. Like any other draft, you know, it could be Scoot going number one overall. It could be Brandon Miller. But Webb and Yama is obviously going to go number one. So all three of these guys are going to be the lottery picks. Where would the smart money for you be right now? Because I grabbed Brandon Miller at plus 165. I felt really good. Then I listened to everybody hype up Scoot Henderson. I said there's no chance that Charlotte's going to pass on him. And now I feel like I probably should have just stuck with Brandon Miller. He's plus 115. Scoot's minus 155. I'm just kind of out on this market. What would you do right now if you didn't play anything at all? If I hadn't played anything for the number two overall pick? Yeah. I think I would probably take Brandon Miller at plus 115. Mm. That number's already moved. When I, I just played a Jonathan Gavoni uh, interview with, uh, I, I think, a different show, and it was like plus 175 for Brandon Miller to go to. And now in 10 minutes, it's now plus 115 for Brandon Miller to go to. So the lines are moving all over the place. You know what this, this feels like? This feels like the day before the draft last year but with the number one overall pick when it was Paolo and it was Jabari. Right. The lines are moving all over. These people say that they have intel and the intel hasn't changed. It's a team that has never really been a team that you can understand their decision-making at all. Very clearly wanting to keep things under their hat. That last year was Orlando with the number one pick, which all year pretty much like after March Madness and in pre-draft workouts and combine, Everybody said it was Jabari, Jabari, Jabari. Mm -hmm. Credit to me for saying Paolo Bancaro was the best player in that draft. Uh, it wasn't close in my opinion, but hey, that moved and Woj was saying it was Jabari. Everyone was saying it was Jabari. Everybody's been saying it was Brandon Miller, number two, pretty much since the lottery was announced. Yeah. This feels suspect to me. Yeah. It feels like one giant smoke screen, and I don't know which smoke is screening in which direction. Yeah, see, if I'm betting this like 10 years ago, I'm going to take Brandon Miller to go too because that's what the Hornets need. They need a wing who could defend, who could also knock down threes. You already have your point guard in LaMelo Ball, but you could play, I mean, you could probably play Scoot off the ball. You're not going to play LaMelo off the ball. He needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. So I just don't know how that fits. So that's why, like, is it, I, You would if, be if saying to it's yourself. Michael Jordan making the pick. I mean, even though, you know. Mitch Kupchak too. It, you would be saying to yourself, ooh, Stroman almost get, got hit. Um, you would be saying to yourself, well, this means that the Charlotte Hornets don't think LaMelo Ball is staying, that they think they're going to lose him in free agency when he's a free agent in the year. And that's why they would draft Scoot. And that's why they would draft Scoot. But instead, you should but try instead, to probably put something together. You keep him, and Brandon yeah. Miller is sitting there. He's plus 115. So you think Brandon Miller. All right, so obviously then Brandon Miller. Is there any chance anybody other than Brandon Miller then, or I'm sorry, anybody other than Scoot will no. go third overall? He's no plus chance. 120. Nope. Okay, and he goes to Portland with Dame? Uh, Yeah, I think so. And Dame's cool with that? For, now. Does, For how, now. How does that work? See, For now. Like, I know you don't want Brandon Miller, but I feel like he's a better fit for what you guys need, for what the Blazers need. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Miller, does he contribute right away? I don't know. All right, let's talk about then the fourth overall pick. You got Amen. Is it Amen or Amen, by the way? I think it's Amen. We're going to go with Amen around here. Minus 190 to be the fourth overall pick. Cam Whitmore. Plus two fifty. Um, I like. I think it's Almond. I do. I think that's the best. So just lay the minus one ninety. Yeah, I think it's Almond. I think that it's not close. I feel that the Houston Rockets need him. It's the best fit for him. It's the best fit for them. They have a bunch of guys that can score. They have Jalen Green. They've got Jabari. They've got Shangoon. They've got a bunch of guys. They got KJ Martin. So you need someone who can share the sugar a little bit. You need a playmaker, and that's Amon Thompson, and it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I just don't know, like, what they're going to be, the Rockets. I mean, obviously, you know, you have Yudoka coming in. You have Kevin Porter Jr. You have Jalen Green. You have Jabari Smith. I don't know if I like any of those guys. I mean, Jabari's so young. I, I don't know. All right, here's where it gets interesting for me. Pick five is not going to be Cam Whitmore, you're telling me. So now I'm wondering. I'm just not sure. Do I just stand pat, though, or do I try to just hedge a little bit? I got a plus 400. Now he's plus 175 only. 
and Jairus Walker is plus 175. So the hedge would be Walker, but like I said during the break, my concern would be neither of them go fifth overall. Maybe Detroit even moves the pick. Somebody like Thompson goes or maybe Taylor Hendricks goes, and then I just lost $300 on the fifth overall pick in the NBA draft, and I don't know if I want to do that. so That's the big issue. Is there any chance it's anybody other than Walker if it's not Cam Whitmore? Let's say just Detroit stands pat. They don't move the fifth overall No, pick. then I think that's Walker. Because you're talking about a guy, so if they're trying to bring Jeremy Grant back, Walker is just essentially a cheaper Jeremy Grant. He's a younger, cheaper Jeremy Grant. Continues to keep the timetable what it is, which is all these young kids. And, you know, I think Monty Williams is involved in it. Yeah, I think, Jared, if you have already Cam Whitmore, it will be either Jarris Walker or Cam Whitmore, in my opinion. Might as well just play a little plus 175, yeah. at least get just, my money back. Yeah, then. hedge off a little bit. Uh, and then we move over to the six overall pick, which right now belongs to the Magic. They need shooting. Anthony Black's plus 450. Uh, I'm on Thompson's plus 400. So you got the Thompson's plus 200, plus 400. Anthony Black plus 450. Cam Whitmore plus 500. Let's say Cam falls to falls past Detroit. Any chance he goes there at six? Because that's plus 500. Or Jairus Walker plus 550. What would you do if you had to take a shot with the six overall pick? Yeah, I think it would be either Osser which I don't love because I just don't think it's a great fit for Orlando. Or I would go, you know what would be a very interesting one? I think we're looking at the same thing. It's a reach, but it would be very interesting, and it's 30-1. to Yeah, it's Grady Grady Dick. Dick. I was going to say the same thing because they need shooting. you got a 40% three-point shooter. What a perfect fit, and what a great price. But do you think that's, I mean, I think it's too early. But, man, 30-1. to 30-1 to is a nice price. I think you and I should jump on that. Yeah, I like that. And we can grab them at 11, too. I mean, when that comes out. Yeah, you know what? Really small. Yeah, really really small. Maybe we'll get a free bet out of it. Yeah. Uh, The Pacers have pick seven as of right now. I've seen mocks where they take Jairus Walker here. I'm hoping that that's the case. Or Um, Taylor Hendricks. So would you go Hendricks if you had to make a bet on it right now? I would probably take. He's still plus 200. I would probably still take Jairus Walker if I hadn't made a bet on Cam Whitmore, right? I don't want a bunch of Jairus Walker futures out there. (laughs) That's just not my thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think for Indiana, I don't think they trade the pick. I think it's either Taylor Hendricks or Jairus Walker. So, eighth overall, we've seen a bunch of mocks where Anthony Black goes to the Wizards. Obviously, they need a guard. They just moved on from Bradley Beal. We'll see what ends up happening is Kyle Kuzma is going to become a free agent. Um, Anthony Black to go eighth overall is plus 140. That kind of seems like a sure thing, right? Kind of does, yeah. Kind of does. Unless my guy Kobe Bufkin maybe falls, or I should say goes eight. Man, or, I would kill for that. He's plus 800. Or Osser. We haven't had an Osser get picked up yet in our little mock. So Osser is 9-1. to one. Maybe a little sprinkle on uh, Anthony Black and then a, a smaller uh, amount on Osser. I'm going to bet that the Wizards make the wrong decision. I wish we could just bet that. Ninth overall, Taylor Hendricks is plus 400. Anthony Black's plus 400. So everybody's kind of the same price here. When do you start? When, when also when do we start seeing some, some trades? Because like, what's Utah looking to do right now? They got the ninth pick. Maybe looking to trade back. That's what I'm thinking. Too. I think maybe trade with OKC and grab the 12th pick, and maybe OKC wants Kobe Bufkin. Um, because I don't think the Mavs would. I don't think the Mavs would grab Bufkin, but maybe the Magic would at 11. If they yeah. if they wanted a guard. Yeah, I would so, like that fit for them, too. I like that fit in OKC a lot. Plus, then he goes before uh, pick 15, so I at least cash one bet, which <laughs> would be helpful for tomorrow night Yeah, <laughs> or exa- Thursday night. Exactly. I think that's an option. I've also seen Bilal Koulibaly go ninth, plus 500. Yeah, thanks for saying his name, by the way. Yeah, instead of us just pretend, just like I always just pass him up. Yeah, I'm like, just, so Bilal Koulibaly, for people who don't know, <laughs> yeah, give, us a scout, was, give us a scouting report. Will yeah, you? he's he's actually got some incredible uh, wingspan and hands. If you look at him, he's a sleeper, dude. Like he's played with uh with Victor Wambayama in the Metropolitan '92. He was his teammate in the LNB French Pro League. He's a shooting guard. He's only 18. He's 6'6", which is great for, like, a shooting guard, but he has a 7'3 wingspan. 7'3 wingspan. Do you know the other only person that height that would have that kind of a wingspan in the NBA? Uh, Manute Bull. That's Kawhi Leonard. Oh. Kawhi Leonard, he averaged uh, .89 points per offensive chance this past year. That was number one for potential first-rounders, including Victor Wambiyama 
in the entire under-21 French League. He was number one in defensive statistical impact. So he's a two-guard who can play defense, who can score, who's very long, very rangy. And Sam Viceni, who I think is going to come on our show tomorrow, says that teams are fascinated by him. OKC likes him. Uh, Utah likes him. I think he's a player who's going to come out kind of like Ujman Jang did last year with OKC yeah. and wow us by the fact that some team has quote-unquote reached for him, but real hoop heads or in the NBA circles have been sort of keeping an eye on him uh, for a while now. I think Sam Presti uh, could maybe trade up for Bilal Koulibaly or maybe they take him at nine. Yeah, I could see that at nine. What about at 10? Derek Lively. So minus 120 for him to go top 10. I feel like if he does go top 10, which the, what that market's telling you at minus 120, then he goes at 10 to the Mavericks, even though he only averaged five rebounds, five points. He did average almost three blocks in 20 minutes in the one year that he played at Duke. And he's plus 300 to go 10. You know Dallas needs a rim protector. Yeah, they do. They need somebody to rebound the basketball. They get absolutely destroyed on the glass. And they don't really the have a big... Too. What do you think about plus 300? I, I think I'm adding this. I think we have to do it. Derek Lively plus 300 is official. Is an official ad with uh, Kobe Bufkin, and that's probably We have to also really take, like. we're taking uh, at six, we're taking Grady Dick, right? Yeah, we got to take that. We got to take one. that at 30 to one. Yeah, I mean, the Magic needs shooting. And as have to. I'm investing in their future here for the next three to five years, the Orlando Magic, and that's what they need. So I'm with you so there. For now, I really I've like got, this Derek Lively me bet too. now, plus 300. So for now, we've got Jairus Walker. Is what I have. Jairus Walker, seventh overall. Grady Dick, sixth overall at 30 to 1. Bilal Koulibaly, ninth overall at 5 to 1. And Derek Lively to go 10th at 3 to 1. Kobe Bufkin, under 14 and a half. I'm I still fine. Like under that. 12 and a half. I'm fine with that too. And uh, Cam Whitmore, that's the uh, wild card for me. If Oof. he goes fifth overall, champagne on me all night long. You're such a liar. It'll be you a big Saturday at the Dave Matthews you concert. You never give me anything. Joints for everybody. Not, not like that, though. Not like that. That's the new gum that I've been chewing. That's all the time that we have for this bonus episode of the Heat Check. Many thanks to my BetMGM co-host, Ryan Horvath, and my producer, Scott Lynn. There will be more bonus episodes, so make sure you stay tuned for those. Do not forget to download, subscribe, and tell your friends every single damn one of them, and follow us on social at at this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.